I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on Black Hollywood. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. After being shut out of many mainstream opportunities in the past, milestones are now continually being made and barriers being broken by African-American actors, directors, producers, and writers. The world took notice in 2018 with the international hit movie, Black Panther. And since that time, the momentum has been accelerating. On every level, in every field, Black creative talent is finding new avenues to entertain, inform, and uplift all of us. But are there still some glass ceilings that need to be broken? Let's find out what our panel has to say. Joining me is Marquand Smith. He's the executive producer of The Godfather of Harlem series. He's also an actor in it as well. Um, Marquand, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Lisa. We, we appreciate it. Also with us is Jamie Hector. He is an actor. You've seen him in many, many series and many shows. Um, first and foremost was The Wire that a lot of people first got introduced to Jamie's work. You've seen him in Bosch. You've seen him in Queen of the South. And uh, he's joining us in, right now. Jamie, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Thank you. Also with us is Clayton Davis. He's the awards editor for Variety. He's also co-host of the show The Take. He recently had the first Variety cover story interview with Denzel Washington, and he's joining us from Los Angeles. Clayton, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Clayton, I want to start with you on this. When you, you look at where we're at, because you've always, in the context of the work that you've done in the quote-unquote mainstream media, also looked at different representation of various groups, whether people of color, women, whatever. What do you, where do you see us at right now? Uh, I see progress being made. However, you know, we're not where we need to be, and the, the train is moving very slowly. Uh, we, we've seen a lot of um, progress and and record shattered like at the last year's academy awards we had the most people of color ever nominated in the acting categories was nine out of 20 and that was when we were all home and there was no uh you know parties or events going on to really campaign so it was probably the most pure academy awards that we ever saw in terms of like it was really about the performances and the movies but where we need to do major work is not to silo uh, people of color uh, at studios and networks into these diversity bubbles, like this department that oversees uh, diversity and inclusion, because what that does, it puts a wall. It's, it's you guys doing that stuff over there, and I can still continue to do what I've always done for the last hundreds of years right in this uh, department. When I need you, I can call you over. So there is progress, but we are not where we need to be yet. I am hopeful we'll get there soon. Jamie, from your from your acting career, when we first got to know you with The Wire, you were acting before that, of course, but what do you see happening for the types of roles that you're offered, that you're interested in, that you see there? I'm sure you get pitched through your agent a lot of different projects. What do you see happening right now? Well, I see young creatives actually coming through the pipe and um, and getting opportunities to, um, you know, to help provide a space for us to create something great. So when when I started out, there was a point that Obama, the one became president. And once that happened, the floodgates opened up for me with opportunities of being able to see a man in a position that's not just um on a corner hustling, right? Obama was the president of the United States of America, so the doors opened. But as soon as he became president and then he left office, things began to slow down again. And what I would like to constantly see is the momentum just continue to grow because creatives exist. Like we're here 
to stay. And there's so many people that are creating in so many ways, like Lena Waithe and, and Michael B. Jordan's new company. And um, there's so many people that's creating and so many young actors coming through Pike. I just want to make sure that there's enough content out there for them to actually continue to develop this and abilities and, and enough uh, enough opportunities as well Marquan first of all congratulations for the for all the image award nominations that you have for Godfather of Harlem that's really awesome so congratulations on that thank you D- tell us tell us about how you got to be where you are because you have this hot series you're the executive producer you're also one of the characters Junie Bird in there um how did you get to that point to be able to executive produce a highly successful series on a major platform well, I mean, it started almost 18 years ago and I, I've always had a, a, a vision of, you know, myself and Jamie always talked about it. You know, I have to give uh, the roses flowers to Jamie because Jamie was one of the first individuals that welcomed me into his circle, into the industry. And um, I always say to myself that you have to create your own lane. You know, sometimes it's not about going to the the the, uh, the cattle calls and hoping that your agent sees what's on uh on the breakdowns and things of that sort, you know, you're, you, you're a creator, you, you can create content. And one of the things I've always wanted to do was create a project that was celebrated and not tolerated. And uh, Godfather Harlem was a project that was dear to me, uh, it was from my godmother, Margaret Johnson, who's no longer here. And she used to tell me these magical stories of Harlem, how she used to walk outside and smell fresh laundry hanging out of the tenement window or walk past the barbershop, he looks inside and may see uh, Nats and Cole waiting to get a haircut or Sugar Ray Robinson uh, in, in his establishment or walk past the 125th Street and see James Brown's name on the marquee. So it was all these magical stories. And I made her a promise 18 years ago that I would go out there and uh, make it happen. But um, it wasn't an easy job because uh, Hollywood, the only thing they care about is their ROI, their return on investment. They, they're not really, it's not really about the project. You can have the greatest content ever, but they want to know what it is they're getting back, you know, what what's the ROI, what's their return on investment. So it was a long journey and I just had to believe in myself. Can, can, I, can, I, add to, can I add to that? Yes, Lisa? of course. Because he, he brought up two amazing points. One is the ROI. There's been this the lie perpetuated in Hollywood that black stories, people that make these, these types of films and series and all this, that they don't make money. It's been proven wrong time and time, time again. And time we saw again. the Black yeah. Panther. You know, I, I, I recall talking with uh, uh, the writers of Judas and the Black Messiah last year that said they were in the room doing their pitch for the movie the weekend that Black Klansman was released by Spike Lee and that the executive, who shall remain nameless, was saying that, oh, my God, it's going to lose so much money. Black Klansman was a hit. It's probably, I think, Spike Lee's biggest uh, financial success of his career. And the second thing that he brought up that I, I agree with is we are we are so we're always breaking barriers and setting records for ourselves and one thing that he highlighted that jamie did for marquan was uh he walked into the room he was probably the only one in the room but instead of letting that door close behind him he held it open so someone else could come in with him and that's what we need to see more of we need to see like once we once we are successful make sure that more people like us that know our stories they come and join us and when we come back we're going to ask our guests what they think about stereotypes are they hurting and are they 
producing some of these glass ceilings that still need to be broken. That's coming up when we return. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about Black Hollywood, celebrating the successes, and also talking about some of the challenges that still remain. Joining me for this conversation is Marquand Smith. He's executive producer of The Godfather of Harlem and also an actor. Marquand, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Also with us is Clayton Davis. He's the awards editor for Variety. He just had a recent cover story with Denzel Washington on it, his first ever for Variety. And he's also the co-host of the show, The Take. Clayton, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Jamie Hector. He's a, a very famous actor. You first saw him probably in The Wire, but he's been acting his entire life, pretty much adult life. He's also been in Bosch and also in Queen of the South and other shows as well. Jamie, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you we appreciate it. Clayton, tell us about Denzel Washington, because part of Hollywood, the question to all of you guys is, you know, when you when they're casting, when they're casting a a film role or whatever, there's always a very specific d- description from the person's height, the, the body type, the skin tone, the you know ethnicity, gender, all of these types, types of things. How did Denzel Washington in his career, do you think, manage to emerge you know, beyond that, especially at a time when he was one of very, very few Black actors? Yeah, Denzel Washington has been uh, a trailblazer and the pinnacle of of Black success in Hollywood. And that was also started before him by legends like Sidney Poitier, who we just lost. He was the first Black man ever nominated for an Oscar and first Black man to win the lead Oscar. And it took 50 years to get from Sidney to Denzel holding a statue on that stage. But one thing that Denzel has also provided is this constant comparison in Hollywood. When you're a Black actor or a Black creative, labeling the next Denzel and Hollywood's obsession with just that only stereotype. But they don't do that for any other uh, creatives. Like no one's saying the next Brad Pitt, the next Martin Scorsese, and people do. But at, at nauseum, anyone who comes up in this industry or trying to make it in this industry, and if they're Black, they get that comparison. Denzel has done so much for the community. He's producing, he's, he's acting, you know, like he produced and I'm sorry, he directed and acted two uh, projects last year, unheard of uh, for black creatives at major studios, you know, with, with um, Apple original films with tragedy of Macbeth and then directing a journal for Jordan for Sony Pictures. So he's, He's again that pinnacle of success, but we need more like him at, at you know at the table doing those types of things. No, definitely, Jamie. In terms of stereo, tell us about your experience or your perspective on on stereotypes and acting roles. You know, when um, I, what I kind of realize is when some writers are like they don't have knowledge of a culture, they tend to try to put you in a box and stereotype you. And I feel like as an actor, as the actor, you have to come in and again, shatter it, right? So what they expect is not what they get. So if you choose, if we choose as an actor to go in there and play it the way that they think that we should play it is one thing, but being that we really know the answer, I think the confidence is to stick to the key of what you know the answer to be. If you're going to play anyone that, let's just say, for instance, a, a, a bad guy, right? And they have their minds wrapped around what a bad guy might be. I feel like the goal is to go in there and express it the way that you know the truth is and then have them come around to you. Um, because that's really important because if, if, if 
they're too lazy to do the work and go find out exactly how each culture or everybody exists within their culture in order to not stereotype them, then what ends up happening is you start seeing the same formula and the same um, caricature on TV so or on film. So my experience with that has been just to, you know, get in there and just break the stereotype, right? And just like, um, this is what I would do. And the fun part about being at the stage that I'm at is that um, it's respected. So what I bring is respected and appreciated. Um, and the boldness for the young actors coming up is to just do that. It's to be, is, the, is that, you say, bring that authenticity. Bring that authenticity, bring the honesty, bring the truth. And just because somebody might be closed-minded and not, and they're not able to actually see the truth, once you bring it, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna amaze everyone. You know, it's gonna just basically shut all mouths and and allow you to continue to create. Um, no, and- we've seen you, and we we've seen you, we've seen you in the wire, and then going to playing a cop in in Bosch, and then just the baddest of the bad, you know, kingpins. And, and Queen, very scary. Oh, scare me a little bit in that one. And queen of the um, a lot. <laughs> queen of the, Queen of the South, and and so you're just taking your own, you know, your own vision of what those roles are, what those individuals are, and bringing that out. And and that's definitely to be the full range. Absolutely, that and more than just the vision, right? Because the goal is to find out exactly how those people exist, right? right. Whoever it is try and play so instead of being lazy about it just go and really exist in the life of a person that's really living that lifestyle right that's important yeah. and then make any mistakes that's just going to stick you in a box and say oh this is how i think they would do you know authentically what they would do no absolutely marquand and guys please feel free to please feel free to jump in with each other marquand what about in, ter- in, ter- in terms of stereotypes because there is a lot of violence in godfather of, of harlem there's also a lot of goodness as well and there's so many different layers that make it you know, just addictive to watch. What's your take on that? You know, the, the stereotypes and the, you know, cause you're an actor as well. So you're seeing it from all different angles. Well, um, that's a two part uh, answer for me. Uh, a is this, that, you know, Bumpy Johnson, he wasn't just a gangster. We tried to show him at being a man. He came up here from Charleston, South Carolina. He wanted to become an attorney just like Malcolm X. But when the bursar found out that Ellsworth Raymond Johnson was attached to an African-American man, they said, we don't get financial aid. So he took the cause that was dealt to him and he said, I'm going to make you eat those words. You know, people don't know that Bumpy, he read Shakespeare. He read Nietzsche. He was the first African-American that sat down with the five families, whether it was Lucky Luciano, Frank Costello, Bugsy Siegel, uh, Vito Genovese. You know, he was more than just a gangster. He was someone that was trying to. Uh, transition to becoming a better man. That's why you see the relationship with him and Malcolm X and it becomes a collision of civil rights in the underworld. And on the acting side, you know, you know, working with Forrest, I mean, he, he, he just shows me and gives me so many jewels where, you know, who says that you can't color outside the lines and the pictures still be pretty, you know, we got to get out that mind state of just coloring in the lines and not trying to go outside those borders. And that's what I've been trying to do with my character was just a blank page. And, I put his vices down, his likes, his dislikes, you know, and um, I had to audition for my part. You know, I had to show them that I had chops. It wasn't just because I was an executive producer. They just said, put me in. I had to I had to audition. I had to do the callbacks. I had to humble myself. And it was a great experience, you know, especially working with the greats like John Carlo Esposito and Forrest Whitaker and Vincent D'Onofrio and the likes of my writers, Chris Brancato and Paul Eckstein, you know. And, and I think one of the things I found so fascinating about your series is, is that, of course, the Harlem scenes and just that whole recreation of 
Harlem of that era, but then also the the, the events, of real events that were happening yeah, at that time during life, like the civil, you know, all these civil rights, the civil rights movement. Absolutely. And, you know, we have one of the best diverse writers rooms, I think, right now. Um, everybody contributes. And it was very important that we showcase, for example, the Harlem riots is Ferguson. You know, Colin Kaepernick is Muhammad Ali. We wanted to show how to do the POV of how the world of 1963, 64, 65 is no difference than what's happening right now in uh, 2021, 2022. Clayton, what do, you, what do you think about that? You're talking about silo, but these are major, major projects. Yeah, well, I, but this is what is beautiful about that is that you have writers rooms that are full of people that are that are either from that time or have experience with that time or that community. You, have, If you're going out to, to write a story or create a story, ask the people from that time and period. It, it's always been pretty much that simple that Hollywood ha hasn't taken the time to do. But it's also a lack of understanding. You know, uh, I, 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 we we feel comfortable in boxes a lot of the times and don't understand that, you know, for, for Marquan and, and Jamie, their experience as black men are going to differ from my experience. I, I'm half Puerto Rican, half black from different areas of the country. You know, I I'm light skinned and that comes with privilege. My experience as a black man differs from theirs and they don't, and, and Hollywood doesn't understand that nuance of the overlap of, right. of belonging to two communities and, and then knowing uh, or knowing how to do the work. It, most of the time, it's just asking the people who have the lived experience. A better story always emerges when you have more knowledge, plain and simple. Right. And, and then, uh, I, I can uh, piggyback on that and say that even when we were shopping our project, you know, it was first of all, it was period and that's expensive. Then it's yeah, I was looking at that too. They, they don't use the word urban anymore. It's African American, you know. It's like, does that really sell overseas? Because it was always a myth that foreign sales weren't good with, with, with projects, you know, foreign territories wouldn't appreciate our culture. But now I'm glad the Godfather of Harlem has broke through the, that horizon and show like we're being shown in um in, in Africa, in, in Europe, in uh, where people are hit in Australia. So we were able to show that, you know, this is a, a good show. It's not a black show. It's a good show, you know. And clearly, as we become more international in consuming culture, it's it's to everyone's advantage to know, you know, to have that diverse writer's room, that diverse audience, that diverse uh, creative team. Uh, coming up, we're going to find out what does it really take to get into the business. We'll see what our guests have to say about that. Yeah, yeah. What up, what up, what up? This is Styles Peter Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about Black Hollywood. Joining us for this conversation, Marquand Smith. He's the executive producer of The Godfather of Harlem and an actor as well. Marquand, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Clayton Davis. He's the awards editor for Variety and the co-host of The Take. Clayton, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Jamie Hector. He's an actor. You've seen him in Bosch, The Wire, Queen of the South, and many other shows and programs. Jamie, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lisa. We appreciate it. Jamie, you founded an organization called Movie Mountains because you wanted to have young people, particularly from communities of color, be exposed to the idea that you don't just have to be the star of a show or the star of a film, but that there's a real industry here that where there's real jobs that, that you can have. Tell, tell us what made you want to do that. 
Well, it's what Clayton and Marquand said earlier on. We started moving mountains in um, 15 years ago to leave the door open, to leave the light on, right? Basically, we make it through. We want to make sure that everyone understands that opportunities do exist. And we, those that made it, myself and others included, will try to lay the groundwork for, you, for it to be a little bit easier for you guys, right? So, um, so we just basically decided to start this organization that teaches um, drama, dance, vocal, cinematography, et cetera. But one thing that we found important was that um, this is a business. So we also now incorporated entrepreneurship and stocks, NFTs, and Bitcoin. And these are classes that are being taught as well, only because you can get into the business, understand the art, love the art, love the creative process. But if you can't manage your money, if you don't understand the percentages that go out and how to flip your money also and stay passionate about the work, then you can lose yourself. So we just try to basically balance it out in those ways for the young artists that are coming up. Marquan, what about the uh, what about the jobs that are available and the, and the opportunities on, on that front for people? Yeah, this uh, it's like what Jamie said. This is a business. I mean, the uh, I think the most surreal thing that ever happened to me was when a teamster walked up to me and said, "Um, thank you for never giving up on your dreams because you provided uh, you made a you you provided me to be able to feed my family for the next six months." And there's so many jobs on set from gaffers to best boys to uh, set dresses and things of that sort. And, you know, I mean, PAs are like, you know, I, I, I try to reach out and give people, offer people jobs just to learn from the bottom up so you could take that skill and move from uh, one set to another set because, you know, this is a business. This is a big business. No, definitely. Clayton, what about you always have your eye on who's hot right now, and but also like who's up next and, and that mm-hmm. type of thing. What, what, what do you see happening? Give us a sense in terms of, of the actual creativity level of like what, what you see happening. Uh, one thing we're seeing is a big boom, uh, not just within the black community, but specifically with black women. They are really taking ownership of their own voices in the business and what the, and the stories that they want to tell. You know, Halle Berry, famously oh, still only the only black woman to ever win Best Actress 20 years ago, uh, had to give herself a substantial role or in order to give herself that she had to direct a movie. And direct her own movie, direct herself and Bruce made her directorial debut this year. But one thing that Mark Juan and Jamie was is music to my ears. When I talk about representation and a, a lot of this gets lost in translation among all of us that are talking about it is the educational aspect, the true beacon of representation. I want to see what happens when you walk into a community of color to an under uh, underserved community and you go to a five-year-old kid and you tell them what a cinematographer is. You show them what a boom mic is, right? What happens to that kid? And you stay with them all throughout elementary and high school. What happens when that kid turns 18? Do we have a Spielberg there? Because that's what happens. You know, there's on this job and Marquan and Jamie are doing great, you know, inviting those people into the fray. I even came into this business by accident. You know, I, it wasn't like on my agenda because I didn't know you know, all we can do is what we see. And Denzel Washington is great. And what we want to, anyone would want to be him, but Bradford Young is a name that people need to learn. He's a great uh, black cinematographer, Joy McMillan edited Moonlight, first black woman to do that. You know, that's what I want to see more of. I want to see that opportunity, you know, all across the board. And the, definitely this is street soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. 
Yeah, 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 salute. This is General Steel from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about Black Hollywood, celebrating the achievements that have been accelerating over the years, and also talking about glass ceilings and issues that still remain where we can make some progress. We've got a great panel to do this. Joining me is Marquand Smith. He's the executive producer of The Godfather of Harlem and also an actor, and you see him as Junie in the uh, in the series. Marquand, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Lisa. We appreciate it. Also joining us is Clayton Davis. He's the awards editor for Variety and co-host of The Take. Clayton, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Also with us is Jamie Hector. You, you probably first saw him in The, the Wire, he's, but he's been in many other shows, including Bosch and that very bad guy, at, but fascinating bad guy in uh, Queen, Queen of the South. Jamie, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Lisa. Jamie, in, ter- in terms of acting, I mean, we have a we we see a lot of young men. They want to be athletes. They want to be, you know, rappers. They want to be, you know, or business moguls, whatever. How did you get him? Tell us how you got involved in acting. A lot of prayer. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, because it's not easy. You know, it's very difficult. Um, part of a theater company at a young age, and then um, just continue to pursue uh, this journey where you know less than four percent actors work that were making their way to california right so you have a huge percentage that were going to california to work when the studios were only in california and less than four percent were working so then you're basically saying you're getting yourself into a, a career that you might not even win at um how did i get into it um because i had people that believed in me i believed in myself and i really honed my craft right i really really went out there and trained and tried to throw the throw everything up against the wall, you name it, theater companies, um, conservatories, constantly just trying to work and plant seeds at the same time. And that's very important just to understand that, you know, relationships are the network of life. So build those relationships and you just make sure you don't lose that gusto to just continue to do the work that you need to do. Marquand, what about what about you? How did you, like you said, you've been working to get Godfather of Harlem going for 18 years, but it's like you have to support yourself in the meantime. You know what, uh, Lisa, that's interesting because um, people look at my breakthrough and don't look what I've been through. And I tell people all the time that there's so many people out there that want success. But how many people want to eat tuna fish sandwiches? How many people want to humble themselves and sleep on somebody's floor because they can't afford a hotel? How many people are asking for a buddy pass to get out of New York on Sunday, knowing that they have a meeting at Netflix Monday morning? You know, people want success. But are they really willing to go get success? You know, my career wasn't a microwave career. It was rotisserie. It was slow cooked gumbo. And uh, Jamie will tell you, I mean, I've, I've got turned down a thousand times. I got a thousand no's before I got before I got one. Yes. And um, you just have to believe in yourself, man. That's the first thing. Believe in yourself. And when you make it there, keep creating because you haven't really made it because someone is always creating. You know, yes. You know, every season we look for we like we're waiting. uh did the network pick it up? Did the network pick it up? Because you don't want to be the one that had that show. You want to be the one that's still having that show. And your job keeps moving and moving and moving and being great. So it's all about creating great content and believing in yourself and not, let, not letting anybody be a dream killer. Clayton, in terms, of the, in terms of the content you see being created now and coming, coming out now, do you see any trends or do you see anything happening? Because it does, it does seem like there's also more more uh, multiracial shows, multi-ethnic shows and programs and films coming out. 
Is, is that a, is that progress? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I see a really good trend happening right now is, as you know, it's not just black uh voices coming to the table you know indigenous people are finally getting their 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 shot at you know at goal you know latino voices are are, are trying to you know have this right. big breakthrough you know and, and what, what's great the the most progressive thing i see happening especially within the black community is our, the stories being told isn't just using the crutch of slavery or racism. One of my favorite films of the last decade is If Beale Street Could Talk by Barry Jenkins, because it was a story about black love and just being black. Like it was like it, it didn't it didn't rest on the on 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 something so you know that had us in bondage or something so you know agonizing. It was about love, you know. And we need more stories like that. Like Jordan Peele with us, that was a movie that could have we call it uh, ca uh blind casting you know that could have been a white family just as easily as it was a black family and that's what we want to see you know we just that's a representation just a, it can be anything you want it to be just have it reflect the world and that's that's a really good uh move in that direction we're not again we're not all the way there but uh especially with with black women telling their stories now i mean like ava duvernay started a company so she could get more voices to the table because, you know, you, you're not always guaranteed that follow up once you even get that first shot. So it seems like the, it seems like one of the big trends, too, is it, which which Marquand demonstrates and, and Jamie, which you demonstrate, too, is, re is really taking this entrepreneurial attitude. It's not like, let me go. Uh, let me go do an audition or a casting. Let me beg for this role. Let me go to this party so I can see this director and meet these people in network, which you, I'm sure you have to do anyway. But it just it, it's like this whole idea of like like Halle Berry, like if, if the role's not there for me and if they're not giving me giving me a seat at the table, I'm going to make my own dining room. You know, yep. I say this all the time. You know, if, they, if opportunities door doesn't open for you, go to Home Depot, get some wood and build your own door. Yep. Exactly. Listen, one, one of my favorite things I get to say sometimes, too, especially when uh, studios come in and they're like, oh, we want to do one black story. We are not cultural wallpaper for your house, because yep. what happens is when you move, the wallpaper stays behind you. you take the furniture. So we got to become the furniture. That's what made me think of that. Um, Marquand. And Jamie, I'm sad. I'm mad that we've been here this whole time and I haven't said Senator Clayton Davis once yet. This is this, this is crazy. What are we doing here? Yeah, Senator Clayton Davis, my God. <laughs> Another amazing actor, right? Yeah, it's the best. Wendell Pierce is like a, a legend in so many spaces. And again, been at the everyone's been that's one thing that you hit on, Lisa. It's not just trying to be an actor because you can try to be just an actor. Right. You may be waiting a long time. You got to grind and do everything. Uh, and Denzel shows that today and what and what he's been doing. And Jamie and Marquand are another example of that. You have to have, you know, you have to have that attitude, Lisa, that nobody owes you nothing. Right. Now, when you when you have that attitude, you can move forward because a lot of people come with this, you know, handout like this person owes you something that person owes you something you owe yourself something you're your biggest uh obstacle when you look in the mirror so it's all about creating keep creating content yeah and so uh, just one last point perception is reality there is the idea of what we all do and then there is what we do <laughs> like all the time I, I hear that <laughs> like I'm, jamie and mark i'm sure you get all the time like oh god you guys act i get all the time they're like oh your job is just to watch movies that's so easy I'm like like, so cool. I, I wish it was just that, <laughs> yeah. you know, people don't realize that the, the 12 hours uh, we have to spend on set right. or 
you know, the, the takes where we just in our dressing room eating crafty and going over our lines is not as fabulous as people think it is. You know, oh, it's, it's, acting is acting is really a craft. It's more than just the awards and red carpets. Jamie, what about for you? What what lies at? What do you see coming coming ahead? What's on what's on your because uh, I, I know you're always planning stuff. What's go, what's coming up? I'm, you know, I'm planning things. I just finished um, working on a project called We Own the City for HBO. It's a miniseries, so that's um, coming down a pike. And um, some of the content that I'm working on as well, children's books that we just finished writing and I'm partnered up with Scholastics. Um, because, you know, I have young ones. I have a 12-year-old 12 year old and a, and a five-year-old, and I would like them to read stories that are amazing, that they enjoy, and that they see themselves in as well. Well, and that all walks of life can see themselves in, but just that they would enjoy to read. So um, there's, a, there's a lot coming down the pike, and I'm just having fun right now making content and creating. Definitely. And it all comes, Clayton, I mean, this isn't just to serve you the, surf, the softball, but it's like it, everything does start with the written word. The news that, that I deliver, it starts, with, it starts with the word. And these projects, yeah. they all, as, as visually amazing as they are, it still starts with the written word, right? Yeah. And it's all part of the ecosystem. You know, we can have Marquand and Jamie here making great content, but it also that feeds into journalism. You need people of color talking about that content, you know, because I'm sure that's a grind to get people to. Oh, sorry. Did I break up again? Yeah, it's OK. We, I, we, but we could hear moving? you. We could hear you. Oh, sorry. OK. Yeah. Uh, there, there, you know, you need people of color covering that content. Marquan and Jamie, I'm sure know being a critic of color to write about your show isn't always a given at major trades and and you know and magazines and, and websites. You know, there are not many of us. We need to change that as well. No, and, and and I think that I think that's also a big trend, not just in the in the arts, but also just in society as gen in general too, and is a cultural competency. We need to be, you know, we're we're in a world where we're not in, in segregated neighborhoods, thank God, where we're not in, you know, specific, you know, limited to specific experiences. Everything is available to us on somewhere on like a digital platform if it's not immediately available to us in our um, in our immediate environment. But I, I want to thank you guys for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Marquand Smith, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate thank it. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Clayton Davis, thanks for joining us again. We appreciate it. And Jamie Hector, great to have you back on with Street Soldiers. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.